Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay, but it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch, because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. Or am I? Oh. Might I also be an evil twin? Yeah, uh, Torgan Mrap. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... You know, this is a very special episode for more than one reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, this is, uh, well, not obviously, you'll find out. It's a weird episode, so of course. <laughs> it sure I'm, is. I'm wearing my Gero Gero Gaga Gay Tokyo Anal Dynamite shirt. Very uh, nice. That's, so it's very special, but also special because we have a guest. Eric, mm-hmm. hello. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Uh, now, Eric, this is your first exposure to Baywatch, right? In pretty much any capacity, yeah. The closest I've ever gotten was the scene in the SpongeBob movie when David Hasselhoff randomly shows up and brings him back to Bikini <laughs> Bottom. Um, but I don't I even, mean, yeah, that's yeah. the closest I've ever gotten to something like this. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I, I, I feel like my life has changed ever since oh. you asked me be, to be on here because before I was happy, you know, before I was calm, <laughs> and my soul was, you know, like all together within my body. But ever mm. since I watched this shit, it is just like we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine how we feel having recorded, you know, four and a half seasons. Yeah, of this, yeah. Basically, um, our souls are just. Do we have souls anymore, Morgan? Absolutely not. Yeah, Most I didn't have one to begin not. with, but <laughs> yeah, even, even less so now. Um, and what shattered our souls really? Why it's a mirror. No, it's two mirrors. It's Mirror Mirror, season four, episode 16. See what I did there? That was good. I I did, yes. Thank you, thank you. Uh, And it was written by Deborah Schwartz, directed by Douglas Schwartz, and it shows, it feels like an episode written and directed by the Schwartzes. And it aired February 14th, 1994. Let's talk about some guest stars. First off, we have Patrick G. Ingram, who plays Vinny. Uh, who who do you think Vinny is in this episode? One of the ambulance drivers? Yes. Yeah. yeah that Great, guess. Great guess. Great um, guess. Okay. That's a very accurate guess because he's mostly known for being a medic in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like an actual medic or just yeah. playing one on screen? No, no, an actual medic. Oh, cool. oh. Yeah. So he was medic on location for the show The King of Queens, <laughs> medic construction medic on Swordfish, set medic for Mulholland Drive, Minute second unit for Rat Race, Employee of the Month, Herbie Fully Loaded, Weeds, like all these. Wow. Herbie Fully Loaded. Oh, I know. With <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Oh, no. <laughs> Morgan, remember when we wanted to do a joke uh, side podcast where we uh, talked about Herbie, even though we had never watched it before? Absolutely. You, the, you wanted to do a full. Is this a show? Is Herbie a show? Yeah, there was originally a show from like the 60s or something. Oh, I thought it was just movies. Oh, my God. No, you have to do that. Uh, you have to. Yeah, I guess. In, in a few years, once we finish Baywatch. And then once we record our <laughs> podcast on The Slap. Yes. Uh, which God, I'm so excited for we that We have one. to do. Uh, now, or maybe, you know, Patrick G. Ingram as the producer of a series of films in Mongolia. Oh. Or... It's very weird. I have no clue why. There's just like six films from Mongolia he produced for no reason. Weird. Sure. Um, or maybe 
You know him as the producer for Slamma Jamma. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, is Eric, this a show about pogs? No, it's a movie, actually. Oh. Uh, now, uh, Eric, I have the description here for you. Please read this description. Wrongfully accused and sent to prison, a former basketball star prepares for the National Slam Dunk Competition while while finding redemption (laughs) in Christ and in those he loves. Are you telling me this is a Christian movie? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (sighs) Yes. Even better is he also produced a movie called Selfie Dad. And I had the description here. Eric, please read this description. Ben Marcus, quote, Michael Jr., end quote, a former stand-up comic in midlife crisis, tries to become a social media star until he and his family are radically changed by the Bible. I don't know which one's worse, to be honest. Both of them are awful. (laughs) Yeah, right? You know, if we've learned anything from researching the people who've been on this show is that Christ ruins everything. (laughs) Imagine naming your kid Ben Marcus Michael Jr., what a yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, not I one, know. not yeah. two, but three first names. In, all in a line. In what world is Michael a nickname for Ben or yeah. Marcus? No, no. Excellent it question. Work. It's the junior part. Junior's yep. a short Ben is short for junior. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which which means in 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 a possible case anyway, the father was Ben Marcus Michael. Like they didn't they <laughs> didn't think this was a bad idea and they tried it twice and it didn't get any better. No, no, no. Uh-huh. It was Ben Marcus in quotes Michael. Oh, yes, my apologies. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I missed that on the birth certificate. My bad. Now, next up we have Simone Hayams, who plays Girl on Beach. Wow. This would be the last of her four acting appearances. So thus proving yet again you peak with Baywatch. Right. Yeah. How do you get better than Baywatch? Now, yeah, this is not to be confused with Darcy Darnell, who plays girl number two. <laughs> this is her last of her three acting appearances. Guess they should have called her girl number three. Am I right? <laughs> God. Uh, that was low even for you, Michael. <laughs> this is not to be funny jokes. This is not to be confused. With Lisa Boyle, who plays girl number one. And uh, she'll be back for some other roles on the show. But maybe you know her as a waitress in one episode of the show Shasta McNasty. Morgan and Eric, do you know the show Shasta McNasty? I feel like I've heard that name before. What? No. What is what? <laughs> now, uh, I have a fun fact that's only going to appeal to Eric. Uh, Eric. The very first episode of SmackDown ever was sponsored by Shasta McNasty. No, no, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> are we talking the original, like, random special on, like, in the middle no. of nowhere? Are we talking, like, the actual TV The show? actual first episode. They had a pilot for WWF SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had episode 1.1. 1.1 was sponsored by Shasta McNasty. What the hell? Now, uh, okay, I want to talk real quick. I was looking up Shasta McNasty. It stars Jake Busey, and I clicked into his Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and I would like to read you the name that he is credited with at the top of his Wikipedia page. Yes. Which is William Jacob, quote, The Tooth, Busey Jr., <laughs> which is information that I have been missing my entire life, and I'm so glad that I know this now. <laughs> 
I'm also a big fan of, according to the Wikipedia page anyway, it was retitled to just Shasta. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it only lasted one season, and midway through the season, they decided that wasn't doing enough. We got to rename it, and apparently, mm-hmm. obviously, it didn't help. But well, well, you want to know why, Morgan? Please read this description. All right, Scott, Dennis, and Randy are three slacker dudes who also make up the rap rock band Shasta. Instead of working on their music, they spend most of their time hanging out on Venice Beach trying to score dates, find new ways to stall the pizza delivery guy, and generally being mediocre. This sounds terrible. <laughs> yes. Wait, that's, that's just Big Time Rush. The show Big Time Rush? Yeah. Is it? I mean, oh, God, I'm the young person here. I Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you're, okay, finally we can make jokes that, that Morgan isn't the young person. Wow, <laughs> what a special episode. Wait, am I not the youngest person on this episode? No. Oh, no. Oh. Wow. Wow. I am I am exactly well, not exactly, but twenty-three years of age. I am a All right. little baby. Younger than my brother even. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but I mean I still know who Big Time Rush is. Yeah. But I didn't know that they stole the plot of Shasta McNasty. This is honestly pretty similar. Like they they're they huh. live in Los Angeles, so they, they mm-hmm. are they're a boy band, so they try to score dates, you know, sure. mess around. They have a manager that's really bossy, but, you know, means well at the end of the day. Um, yeah. That just I sounds could, like every Disney fitting. show. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Like The Sweet Life with Zach and yeah. Cody. It sounds exactly the same as that, except for the, the band part. I just, wanted to get, I just wanted to get Big Time Rush in this episode. <laughs> that, was, that was my explicit oh, goal. What, what, if, what if Big Time Rush, instead of being a boy band, right? Mm-hmm. Right? We take that formula, instead make it a... Uh, New metal. Ooh. Mm, okay. Okay. Right. Oh, this is better. <laughs> Funnier. Would this air ah. on like Spike TV or something? Like that? <laughs> oh. On G four. Oh, oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I mean, probably. Now. Oh, this- hang on. While we're talking about outdated things, I want to tell you about a thing that I just learned recently. Mm. And this is a sentence that I hate that I understand. Mm-hmm. Ty Lambo recently bought Radio Shack and turned it into a crypto platform. Yes. Um, and I hate that. Well, and I hate horny. all of it. They're horny now, too. So horny. Yes, it's real bad. And I don't like it. Well, t- well, Morgan, you're the horny one here. How, how do you? <laughs> yes. But I don't I don't want it involved with crypto and I don't want Ty Lambo doing it. <laughs> Fair. I also just miss Radio Shack. Like, where else can you go to just get random electronic components that you'd never need? Or we overpriced do still, phones. We do still have one fries here in Seattle, oh. which is genuinely shocking to me. I think it may have closed, but it was around until like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could always just like, I don't know, go to a, a dump. They have <laughs> shit. Or go to like a church basement. They probably have stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get some or- old CRTs. Look, my, the synagogue my parents go to still has uh, an Xbox original in there. Wow! Yeah, it's their DVD player. Given a, they're they're really leaning into the Halo of things, huh? <laughs> that's Ooh. that's that was the best part about it is they, they didn't know <laughs> that we had Halo and we were playing Halo downstairs. They'd be like, mm-hmm. "What's that sound? Oh, it's nothing. It's just we're shooting." <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit more about Lisa Boyle. Some other mm-hmm. things she was in. She was in Let the Devil Wear Black, a 1999 film 
that is apparently an updated an updated version of Hamlet. Um, oh, now I have a quote from this, but to spare both of you, I will read it. So this right. is on me having said this on a podcast. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. So Norman Reedus is in this film, and sure. he utters this line: "Man." Of course, men give better blowjobs. Listen, I know what it feels like to get my dick sucked, right? And I know what I like when I get my dick sucked. So when I'm sucking a dick, I know what I'm doing is what I like, and this is the best of it that can be done. <laughs> Hamlet. I I am realizing that I knew that line, but I did not know what it was from. So learning things today, that's fun. Do you think that Hamlet was missing more dick sucking talk? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Great. Um, I mean, Shakespeare was fucking horny. Yeah, sure. Like, true. Absolutely. But uh, it was it was missing Norman Reedus and it was missing absolutely that. Uh, now, let's go to something not horny. Uh, she was also in the unsold pilot for Daytona Beach, where a beach cop who assists and you're immediately going to know what Morgan, you're going to have an idea immediately mm-hmm. when I say this next sentence where a beach cop who assists Daytona Beach lifeguards and drives NASCAR as a hobby. And you're already I, thinking... I wonder... I was wondering how they were going to get NASCAR in there. You're like, I wonder who wrote this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, his love interest, uh, 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 the main character's love interest, is Annie Gibson, an Air Force test pilot who wants to be an astronaut. Annie Gibson, sure. played by Alexandra Paul. Oh, now, wow. Uh, <laughs> Morgan, can you guess who wrote this? I'm going to I'm going to say uh, Gregory J. Bonin. Uh, close. Burke and Schwartz. The Schwartzes. Yeah. Yep. Burke and Schwartz. Yep. Uh, the main character is going to be played by the guy from uh, the first season who played uh, Shawnee's abusive boyfriend. Oh, OK. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Who, who was like a good actor. Like he really played yep. the role well, uncomfortably, but well. Yes. Um. She was also in, I have a lot of notes about her because this was oh a great deep dive. She was also in uh, Dream Master, the Erotic Invader. What uh, the hell? <laughs> wow. What the hell? Uh, Eric, please read this description. I would love to. On a quest to unravel the mysteries of recurring nightmares, four college students experiments on each other. That's a loaded sentence. Monitoring <laughs> and attempting to manipulate their dreams. Grant, yeah. the most troubled of the quartet, is disturbed by the sensual Devora, an erotic fantasy figure who torments and teases him in the most vivid of dreams. Determined to help him, Grant's friends enter the twilight world of his sleeping mind, only to discover that Devora's curse of eternal pleasure is irreversible. What, what the fuck? What the hell was that? <laughs> Would it shock you that this is probably a softcore porn? Probably. <laughs> well, I don't know. It could be like French art house. I don't know. It could be Lars von Trier. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just it's too good to not talk about. Right. Absolutely. Now, the last one I want to talk to you about is she was in The Last Marshal. Uh, I like to read you a plot because this sounds like uh, well, basically the worst movie possible. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Marshall McClary, one of the most violent, racist, foul mouthed marshals in Texas, is in the great. middle. Yeah, right. A great, great start. start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is in the middle of resolving a hostage situation 
by shooting everyone he sees. Yeah, that's when, yeah, mm-hmm. when the FBI show up, interfering with his negotiation and ending the event with McCleary being wounded and two of the criminals escaping. After negotiation hearing, feels like a very generous yeah, term. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's no neg- there's no sitting down at a round table and talking it out there. No, no, he's shooting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, so I come in, I go blast. Um, <laughs> after hearing that the two fugitives have fled to Miami, McCleary falls behind them, working with the local police. And here's my favorite part: read the my least favorite part. And offending every single person he encounters. Yep. Man, wow. I would be so entertained watching this show. Sounds Why would so you make this movie? Why would you make <laughs> it? A movie, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, wow. Who does this appeal to? I mean, I have some thoughts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. <laughs> uh, Republicans? This sounds like a great addition to Fox Nation. That's all I've got mm-hmm. to say. Oh wow, the Fox Nation! Wow. No, that's like a that's like a streaming service. Yeah, it's a st- what? Oh yeah, Fox News has their own streaming service. They have cop movies on do. there for movies. Hmm? No, like like uh, like they have like Tucker Carlson stuff. Uh, they have cops reruns, and I think new episodes of Cops on it. Um, yeah, it's a mess. It's, yeah, I bet it sounds like a mess. Speaking of potentially maybe. I, 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 this is a bad lead in. Morgan, tell You're us about right. Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, she's Carrie Ann Moss. She needs almost new introduction. But in case you are not familiar with her, uh, she was actually a model originally who got started in acting in the 90s. Um, most people would probably know her from a role early in her career on Matrix, where she played Liz Teal, the role we're all familiar with. Uh, yes, uh, in Matrix. Uh, yes, the Matrix role, yes. <laughs> uh, Matrix, as of course we all know, is a 1993 TV show about a hitman who ends up in the place between and has to confront everyone he's ever killed. And then they give him missions to help people and he has to redeem himself by helping them. But apparently, according to the IMB, IMDb plot description, none of these ghosts are very helpful, which I thought was a particularly <laughs> funny detail to include. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, obviously, if you know her from one thing, it's Trinity in The Matrix, the 1999 movie. Um And, you know, she's been in Humans, she's been in Jessica Jones, she's been in Memento, Fido, Iron Fist, Mass Effect, and just like a whole bunch of other projects. Now, Um, what you're not saying here, you're mm -hmm. not ruling out that she got the Baywatch bump. It's entirely possible. This was before she ever appeared on The Matrix, but after she appeared on Matrix. Right. So it wasn't Matrix that was getting her that The Matrix role. It was yes. Baywatch. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, in my research, I learned this is actually not the first time she's played a role exactly like this. What? Um, what? In the show Still Silk Stockings, S-T-A-L-K-I-N-G-S. Yes, yes. It's That's a show that has... Like there's like 90 different cast crossovers. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the main characters on this show was a main character on Stilk Stockings. So it was, it was one of these like, um, yeah, soap operas, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. But in uh, in season three, episode three, she plays uh, 
a set of twins um, who I can't find any information about this episode anywhere on the Internet. So I'm just assuming that it's also murder twins. Um, what? What? Which, what wait, you know, spoilers for this episode. If we'll if find they, out more they, information later. If they weren't murder twins, what is the next best thing they could be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say dirt bike twins. I don't know what it means, but it's just the first thing that comes to mind. (laughs) Eric, Eric, what about you? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with like twin, twin volleyball players. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like both like very imposing right in front of the net, ready to strike it down. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That also feels like it could be a plot line on Baywatch. I would not be shocked. Uh, But they have to have (laughs) some sort of trauma. You know, it's like, oh, oh, yes, of course. Every time they hit. Every time they hit the ball, they remember that one time their third sister was was murdered by someone <laughs> spiking a volleyball into her face. No, no, even even better. The third sister jumps up and they're just automatically in volleyball mode and they just spike her to hell. And then she's just <laughs> dead. And that's the trauma. <laughs> so we should we should probably bring up here um, mm-hmm. the fun. One of the fun things. Fun, I guess, about this mm-hmm. episode is that Baywatch loves to just do stories about I like my younger sibling was murdered and now I'm traumatized. <laughs> yes, like this is like God, the fourth so time, <laughs> at least, at yeah. least, yeah. Like, and every single time we get a really shitty flashback, and then they're like, mm-hmm. oh "I could have, I could have helped you, and I literally did nothing." Mm-hmm. But I was also I, a baby, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say at least in this one she tries and she gets is out of the boat. like yeah. four. Yeah, Tr- tries. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there. I I have my own thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention before we get into this, uh, very sad to say for Eric as his first episode, this is not your typical episode of Baywatch because it has one no montages as opposed oh, to like no. last episode had three montages yeah um and it does not have pam anderson it mm-hmm. does not have uh alexander um, paul uh it's not mm-hmm. i believe according to the intro credits it is pamela denise anderson which is mm-hmm. not something i that's not a, a name that i ever knew she went by so i was a little shocked when i saw the denise just in the middle of it yeah, early on she was doing that and then she got really big and she was just like i don't need the denise anymore right good, probably good like, move Honestly, next season, maybe she'll drop that. I mean, yeah, it's like season we're in season four. It's like season six when the sex tape comes out and she was already really famous by then. Right. Um, So but this was like early on, you know, Baywatch was popular, uh, but she was I guess she wasn't. I don't know. She wasn't there yet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, She hadn't reached reached the heights. Of uh, mm-hmm. of of Baywatch. I mean, <laughs> all I know is that I was really, really disappointed to know that she was pulling a Monty Python sir not appearing at the, in this film. Um, and yes. yeah, I was I was a little upset about that. Hey, yeah, it could have been worse. You could have had no David Hasselhoff, and we have. Oh, what a shame! What yeah. a shame. <laughs> I like David Hasselhoff and his acting. It's just. It's, I liked him in the early seasons. He has been phoning it <laughs> since recently. Well, the show has been phoning in itself. Well, that is definitely true. You, you work with what you're given. Morgan, <laughs> yeah. you are an you are an actor. 
um, I, mm-hmm. at one time. You should know this. You work with what you're it's given. True. And sometimes you get, you know, the works of Shakespeare. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you get let the devil wear black and Norman's Reedus <laughs> talking about sucking all the time, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. S- Only so much you can do with bad material. Speaking true. of sucking. Morgan, mm-hmm. take us in. <laughs> All right. We start off with Matt and Summer in the water, and uh-oh, there's a shark coming from Matt, and he's going to get eaten. So, but it was just a dream. So this is the other fun thing. This is just the same thing as season one, episode 19. Yes. Which, so for context, Eric, the yeah. most famous episode of Baywatch is in season one called Shark Derby. And they kill off a main character by having her be murdered by a shark. Mm-hmm. And so um, in that episode, the way they do it is they just they have her swimming and they do the exact same shots they do here. But mm-hmm. now yeah. it's just Matt. The only difference is you don't have David Hasselhoff going, Jill, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in, in this, you have Summer shouting, Matt. And then proceeding to do absolutely nothing to save him. He just stands there or, or swims there in the water, not moving, just treading water like any normal person. And then the shark appears and eats him, like didn't even try to swim away. It's Pathetic. super funny. It's super funny. Like, what is she trying to do? Well, also, Summer is bad at everything. Yes. Um, so yes. it makes it, it like you can watch one episode and just realize, wow, She's horrible at being a lifeguard and at being a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, point evidence, evidence one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, is this whole sequence was very dumb. This whole like B plot throughout this entire episode, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, it's revealed that this was all just a dream and Matt was never really in any danger. Um, but then he talks to Summer about it on the beach and he's like. I've been having these nightmares every day for a month and I haven't slept a full night. And she's like, why didn't you say anything earlier? It's been a month. And I was like, yeah, that's a very good point. Like, hey, if you can't even tell your girlfriend that you're like having weird nightmares, probably you shouldn't be dating her. It seems like she's not a very good person. Have have they Um, also not ever spent the night together? That's what I, I was gonna really ask. think they maybe haven't based <laughs> on based on last episode where they're not sharing a room at the hotel. So so for context, also, yeah. Eric, uh, last episode, we found out that Matt is probably bad at sex because mm-hmm. he gets outdone by a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ghost goes down on summer. And Excuse me? Yes, I'm not joking. It's a very fucking weird episode. <laughs> the ghost goes down on Summer, and then she's like, look, we can't do... Okay, fine, let's do this. Uh, mm-hmm. what, yeah. Why? It is, how, how it is as unsubtle as they could manage to make it in a 90s TV show. How did, <laughs> like, how did the, the FCC, American National Broadcasters, whatever, NBC... <laughs> Allow such a horny show to air on pu- on publicly accessible television. Oh, I, I don't here's get how. It. Here's how. Because it's syndicated. They own the uh, rights and sold it to each station. Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah, the beauty of Baywatch. That's how it made so much money. Yeah. And how it was so horny. Well, I mean, it was also <laughs> the 90s. 
Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, but after this, we get to meet Maddie and Gwen, who are twin sisters, both played by Carrie Ann Moss. And Maddie is talking about how Gwen is never going to get a man if she doesn't have a makeover first. And I'm very upset that we don't get a makeover montage with Carrie Ann Moss making over Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> because, God, that would have been good. Um, I have a few questions about this. So, mm-hmm. spoilers, it's the Gwen and, and Maddie are the same person. So, a um, few questions. Mm-hmm. One, uh, in a scene that will happen in a few seconds... Uh, she undoes, undid, undoes, whatever, mm-hmm. her hair. Like, she has her hair permed. And then just, yes. that goes away in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. How does one yes. do that? Excellent uh, question. Yeah, no explanation there. Uh, also, I, I love how directly they employ the trope in this of the way they, like, make Gwen, quote-unquote, less attractive is by... Putting glasses on Carrie Ann. Oh, oh my God. Fun. Like, <laughs> Speaking of which, Eric, I, I, I think you may have done some research on this. Uh, I tried to. Um, yeah. <laughs> so turns out uh, in, in subjects with multiple personality disorder such as this, uh, there uh, have been multiple studies done to kind of find out why this sort of thing happens where one personality might need glasses and the other personality can just see just fine without them. Uh, right. There was a study first done in 1989, uh, which found that there was quote more variance between alternate personalities than there was between normal control subjects, people between each other. So huh. someone's own multiple personalities would have a, bigger disparity in their vision capabilities between personalities versus just two random people off the street, which is already interesting. Yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. Um, And then there was a second study in 1991 that was basically the same thing that confirmed those same results. And then in 1996, I found another study that found similar increased variance in things such as dominant handedness response to the same medication uh, allergies, that kind of stuff. So it's not oh. only just vision. It's it's a whole range of things. Huh. Wild. That's really interesting. I had no idea. It, yeah. It's exactly so, wild. I mean, it's like Baywatch employed a correct thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, rare. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's exceptionally wild because you just have the same set of eyes. So like your cornea and everything mm-hmm. is the same, yet you would still... Yeah. I guess need to or or interpret it differently because of the it's yeah. sending signals to the brain. Your brain is interpreting it differently. Yeah, I imagine it's something different in like the way the neurons are firing or whatever that just interprets those signals differently or right. ignores bad vision and just kind of powers on without realizing that there's bad vision. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, like when I got glasses, the reason was is that I said I couldn't hear, and it's actually I couldn't see, and that's very common in kids. Oh. So mm-hmm. I can see that happening now. Uh, but can you hear it happening? Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, now, to go back to a point Morgan said about the trope about just putting glasses on someone, um, mm-hmm. she ends up looking like a hot scientist in a Bond film or love interest in Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like... Apologies... This person's still hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's hot. still Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
Like, yeah. And they, they, they try to do it by being like, look, here's women in bikinis and here's David Hasselhoff with his rock hard abs and chicken legs, <laughs> you know. Uh, and somehow she still stands out and, and looks very yeah. pretty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but speaking of, it is time for Gwen to go down to the beach and my note is that she is for sure going to murder a man. <laughs> um, she's got some real murder eyes going mm-hmm. on. Uh. Um, but she goes up to Mitch at his tower and starts flirting with him a little bit, sort of, kind of awkwardly. Um, but then Mitch has to go tell two women that they can't drink and they're in well, bikinis, well, which before means that, that they're hotter than Carrie Ann Moss. Before that, before that, mm-hmm. uh, first off, so uh, she asks about... Uh, this flag they have, which is a yellow flag with a bu- black circle, which we've actually heard about one time before. It's the Riptide flag, and mm-hmm. um, she she's basically she, she says some stuff to him, and Mitch has that tone of "I want this conversation to end now." Yes. So he just goes, oh, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay." Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Gwen. What? Um, and he says her name Gwen is short for Guinevere, but I need mm-hmm. to correct Mitch. It can be Guinevere, or yeah, it can be short for Gwendolyn, Gwenhale, Gwenvale, or even Gwenda. How do you know she's not named Gwenda? So for the rest of this <laughs> episode, I'm going to call her Gwenda. Gwenda. All right. <laughs> now, so she he tells her, put on sunblock. So she sits her, ta- her towel right next to the tower. Right in uh, front of the tower. Like Right. Feet away. Feet, yeah. Feet away. Just so she can, like, stare at Mitch. Because her whole goal is she wants to prove to Maddie that she can get a man. And Mm -hmm. so she chooses David Hasselhoff. Mm -hmm. And so this is when um, the women come in. And he pulls this line. Uh, They're like, "Uh, oh, why would we have to put our beer away? And he says... I'm not a bartender. I'm a lifeguard, which has real yes. strong. I'm a doctor. Well, he's a lifeguard energy. I had the same thought in that. It's so dumb. It's not um, the only time this episode that happens either. I also love I, I love the way that he says that line, too, where he's like, oh, yeah. I'm not a bartender. I'm a lifeguard and I got a job to do. Like, he says it like that. That's not even an exaggeration. No. What accent is that? They they also then take their open cans of beer and just put them back in the cooler. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> not like the carbonation will run out or anything like that no, by the time they no. get back to it. Not like it, when they pick up that cooler, it'll spill all over the that's, inside. No, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, exactly. No, it's very dumb. But um, Gwen interprets all of this as Mitch flirting with them, and now she is very jealous. But uh-oh, someone's in trouble. So Mitch has to go do a rescue, which makes Gwen just extremely horny. Just like so, oh so horny. God. It's um, the way they frame it is it's so goofy. Mitch comes out of this looking like a Greek god because yeah. mm-hmm. it's just him carrying someone. And then it takes two other jabroni lifeguards <laughs> someone else. Yeah, <laughs> those two did nothing. <laughs> nothing. Mitch goes out there, rescues two of them. Basically just mm-hmm. holds the other guy there just long enough for them to get there and just, like, hold him up. And then yeah. carries the first guy out in his arms, like you said, like a Greek god. There's no other way to explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is all capped off 
by he he comes back on shore. Gwenda runs up, gives Mitch his glasses and says, wow, you saved a life. So like implying that she doesn't know what lifeguards do. I mean, it's in the name lifeguards. (laughs) They guard lives. Like, how did you Mm -hmm. how did you not know this? Yes. Now, it's it's very dumb. But then uh, we cut to later in the day and Gwen has gone back up to the trailer. But don't worry, because you know who's here. Why, it's Maddie. And she's introducing herself to Mitch and uh, whoa, 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 wants Mitch to whoa. come to dinner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We skipped an important mm-hmm. moment. Two oh. important moments. One, uh, Gwen, uh, who is Gwenda, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. who has some sort of weird accent throughout this episode that is never consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, says that her and her sister are traveling cross country in their trailer. Yes. And as she's mm-hmm. talking to Mitch, the two bikini girls Girl one and girl two, I must assume, uh, mm-hmm. try to pull him away. And he says he can't because he is a lifeguard on duty. <laughs> this is real strong. I'm a doctor. Well, he's a lifeguard energy here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, the point is, is that we, we get the setup that her and her sister live together. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. know yet that they're the same person. It's just right. like mm-hmm. implied that there's two Carrie Ann Mosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then speaking of those two girls, of course, they're being horny on Maine with Mitch just mm-hmm. in the oh, open yeah. of everyone. And then, you know, Gwen sees this and then just kind of moans and runs off. Like, I don't yes. know if it's a moan. I don't know if it's a cry or like a whimper, but it was not a noise that I really wanted to hear while watching. No. Watch. <laughs> no. Well, is, yeah. Wait, why do you not want to hear it? <laughs> I mean... If I'm going to hear a moan while I'm watching a horny show like Baywatch, I want it to be like a sexual moan, not like a I am super in my feelings that this super hot guy is interested in these super hot women. What you're going to get more of in this show is actually death moans. It's the moans people make (laughs) as they're about to die, like in the water. And they just go as they drown. Yeah, very much. much. Yeah. Um, But she uh, asks Mitch to come to dinner in just like a real creepy way. And he keeps saying he can't. And then eventually says, sure, which is is a pretty wild thing to do, in my opinion. Uh But, you know, he's Mitch. This is what he does. (laughs) Um, They they never hmm? taught Mitch stranger danger. No, absolutely. He never got that class in school. Yeah. I mean, that. Like the show, this episode of Baywatch to elementary school kids as an <laughs> example of what not to do. There's like mm-hmm. they're even in like a large white vehicle, unmarked, undescript, like just inviting yeah. him in. Like it makes no sense that he accepts okay. this. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Mitch is down bad. Oh, he's down this is so true. bad. Oh my Mitch, god. This is true. Mitch will do anything to get laid, including ditch his son. Yes, that is true. Which happens frequently in this show. Uh-huh. He will just ditch Hobie to be like, okay, I gotta get laid. Or even be like, hey, Hobie, there's a hot woman here. Now go upstairs. We're gonna fuck on this couch. And he goes, that was, that was in one of the episodes of your podcast I listened to, the one with like the Swedish princess or whatever. Oh, I, I yeah. remember this moment in detail where yes. he like turns out Every- the lights and then goes upstairs. Everybody sits on that couch. Yes, this is uh-huh. Mary Lou Redden, Olympic gymnast, 
five-time mm-hmm. Olympic gymnast sits on the fuck couch, okay? <laughs> his dad, his dead dad sat on the fuck couch. And what, mm-hmm. you're, what you're telling me is that Baywatch invented the backroom casting couch. <laughs> That's what yeah. you're telling me right now. Uh, on, Pretty much. Not honestly, that I would know what that is, of course. No, no, I've never heard of it. Baywatch, Bang Bros, you know, it's kismet. <laughs> Mitch, he's the bro that's banging. Mm-hmm. Now, if if everything goes to plan for us as the lucky viewers, Mitch will mm-hmm. not be sleeping with either of these women. Yes. <laughs> um, but after uh, he does accept the dinner invitation, we get to see Matt again. And we learn that he's going to go diving in a shark cage for some intense exposure therapy. Um and then he gets on the boat with Summer and... Well, wait, wait, before he, that. So mm-hmm. he, he's going to do that. And he says to Summer, he has to do it alone, which, weird, okay. And Summer says, no, that's dumb. And he says, uh, is it? And <laughs> she says, I can help you. And he goes, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, yeah, I guess why not? Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Hey, why did you fight for this then? Just, just let her come. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. It's I mean, I can excuse this a little bit because it is, uh, as we will learn very shortly, yet another dream sequence, um, which did just completely drain any hint of tension from yeah. this B plot for me. No, yeah. oh, um, come on. It's like Inception. Yeah. No, once once you do two dream sequences, it's over. Like you've already yeah. you, you can't Inception use the twice. Inception did six dream okay, sequences. But that- that is very different. That is a movie specifically built around the concept of like going into people's dreams and stuff. This is a B plot on a random episode of a '90s TV show. <laughs> I do not care. Whoa, mm-hmm. whoa! How dare you? Baywatch invented dreams. Okay, <laughs> they went into dreams. You think you think Freddy Krueger was about? Fuck Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Matt and Summer, that's where it's at. We oh, were yeah. all about dream interpretation. <laughs> Last episode, I talked about that dream I had when I was a kid where, like, someone murdered me with a drill. I should have just oh, watched yeah. Baywatch. I would have learned everything about dreams. No, wait, wait. You got murdered? Wait. You had a dream of being <laughs> murdered by a drill? Back up. What? Yeah, some some people in like in, in in New York came up to me and they they had a drill and they were arguing. So they pulled this drill out of their pocket <laughs> and they start drilling into my head. And then my my rabbi Just, told me it means good luck. But important question: Did you then get into a cage next to a whole bunch of drills? <laughs> oh, I I went to a, I went to a Lowe's and said, "Show me your <laughs> drill second, sir." And they said, "Would you like to try it out?" And I said, "Yes." And then it just turned on me and started drilling me instead of the wood. <laughs> um, this next scene has my favorite character in this episode, which is yeah. the boat captain, um, mm-hmm. because he talks like a sailor and just goes, you want to see sharks, don't you? Mm-hmm. I love that. As line. he's throwing chum into the water off the back of the boat. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is all because Summer's like, do you have to throw that in? It's like, yeah. How are you going to get a shark otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so Matt does get in the shark cage and goes down, but then I think a shark bites through the rope or something and he starts to drift away. A very smart shark. A genius shark. Mm hmm. Um, but uh oh, the cage is floating away. So Summer's trying to grab the rope, 
But then she falls into the water, and Matt's stuck in the shark cage and can't get out to help her, and eventually she gets eaten by the shark. He, he pulls out his respirator to shout. What yes. is that going to do? You can't even yeah. hear it in the episode. It's just yeah. silent, let alone in person. Like, yeah, that's not going to help Summer. She's dead. <laughs> the other thing I'd like to note here, uh, just a reminder, there is nowhere in this episode a no animals were harmed in the making of this. <laughs> oh, no. And there never yep. has been in this show. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Back I, to the episode. I, I do mm-hmm. have to cackle a little bit at the utter usefulness of the boat captain mm. because oh yeah at, at one point he's like okay i'm gonna go in and the boat captain's like okay you're the boss no you are not you are the boss you're the one with the boat that's about <laughs> to watch this man perish in a bundle of blood and do nothing the the rope like you said gets bitten or whatever and he starts drifting mm-hmm. away and someone's like oh help him grab grab the rope she doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. And they just watch him dri- drift away until eventually Summer falls in and dies. It's an yep. incredibly useless scene from all participants across the board. Well, the shark. shark did a good job. <laughs> the shark, best actor. Give that guy an Emmy. He's great. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but then Matt wakes up again. It was just another dream. And then he has a long conversation oh. with Summer about this. Oh, actually. In which... Actually, mm-hmm. I think it's time for some Baywatch theater. Wow. Uh, Eric and Morgan, which one of you wants to be Summer and which wants to be Matt? I don't care either way. I am also indifferent. Okay. All right. Good well, talk. <laughs> I'll one of you, Give me Matt. Give me Matt. All right. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's wrong? I had another nightmare. Last night was the worst one. What happened? Well, I was in the shark cage. You were there on the boat. You fell into the water. I, I tried to get you out, but I... So this time a shark attacked me, right? I couldn't get out of the cage. It's not about sharks, Matt. <laughs> These nightmares are about us. Us? What are you talking about? Our relationship. Summer. You feel trapped Caged. I do not. Matt, being with me is what's frightening you. That's crazy. Matt, these nightmares began as soon as we started getting serious. Look at the symbolism. <laughs> it's obvious. You're afraid that I'm secretly a giant shark. <laughs> what? What the fuck? <laughs> this destroyed my brain. It was so dumb. Okay, like, let's look at the timeline here. Okay, let's look at the timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we assume that they got serious when Matt said I love you, which was also after he had been outdone by a ghost going down on Summer. And was this also, just last episode? Yes. That this happened? Oh, my God. Also, yes. that ghost uh, from far away gave her a sniper rifle style hickey. Uh, his, mm-hmm. his ghost lips from a tower <laughs> traveled through the wind and started giving her hickeys. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy shit. Also, he he can light things on fire. It's weird shit. I don't know how ghosts work. Yeah, it's um, very dumb. So if we're considering that serious, that means it's been a month. Otherwise, we're to assume that the six months or so that they've been dating have not been serious. Um, and like, this doesn't make any sense timeline wise. 
Also, I will say, mm-hmm. I fully believe that their relationship up to that point had not been serious, considering it wasn't that many episodes ago where they had to go surfing in an octopus cave, Matt and Slade, to decide who was going to date her. Excuse me? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Uh, the octopus is what cured her eating disorder. Y- y- <laughs> please, please talk about that more. fuck? <laughs> So there's a whole B plot in one episode earlier in the season. This is the B plot? No, I it's want a B this plot. as a featured story. Okay, wait, wait. Where, Here's a picture for you, Eric. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> they they have a surfing competition and their surfboards get sucked into an octopus cave and then they almost get eaten and then Summer says that being almost eaten by an octopus made her reconsider her relationship with food and that sometimes food isn't just a thing to make you less empty. Um which is which is true and a good way to approach an eating disorder. It's just wild to be like, well, I almost got eaten by an octopus. So now I think about food differently. I, that's that's somewhat problematic because it's, uh-huh. it's kind of saying like, hey, I had an eating disorder. I just don't now. It's fine. In, no in fairness, she says she's going to go get treatment for it. Not that it's like, OK, OK, theory. that's that's but, better. But I no, thought yeah. it was just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's still have one very anymore. dumb. Yeah, oh, no, Eric, <laughs> Eric, it's worse than that, because the most of the episode is also spent with Pamela Anderson going, you have an eating disorder, you fat fuck. Um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. She's so in the summer during that episode. <laughs> right. And she's like, this is ruining your life. Go. And she's like, I don't have an eating disorder. Yeah, you do. Let me tell you about mine for 30 minutes. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. And then it's just like. I guess I didn't need all that talk. I just needed a giant octopus to try. (laughs) Yeah. Now, back to this for a second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How is Matt afraid to make a commitment? So, like, he told her I love her. Like, how is this Mm -hmm. afraid? What does he need to do next? So, therefore, to both of you, I propose, what does Matt have to do next to show he's ready for commitment? Right? Is he supposed to have proposed to her already? That's, that's what I was going to ask, yeah. Like, that, that, that's why I want answers from both of you, please. Right. And, and No, no, <laughs> please give me an answer. I think I think what we need right now, and it's not you, or Michael, I knew I would do that. Uh, you would have uh, Oh, <laughs> you're using my real name. Oh, that's I, fine. That's <laughs> for, for the audience, I, I only know Michael as his Twitter name, Snotsnet, up until this point. This is the first time I've ever addressed him as... Michael. Uh, oh, ooh. that's funny. Yeah. Glad we. Yeah, glad no, it's we weird. This historic moment. It's Mike. weird. <laughs> um, it's it's weird to call him by the name that everyone calls him by. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of um, calling him Dickface or some shit. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, if if that's something you, I mean, well, changing anyway, my handle um, to Dickface. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I think what Matt needs to do is he needs to go on a, like a dinner date. With mm-hmm. Summer, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they talk about their feelings. They talk about some traumatic thing that happened in their lives before, mm-hmm. uh, like this. And then, and then he decides, you know, there's just a rose nearby, and mm. he, he hands. He's like, Summer, will you accept this rose? And Summer says yes, and you know, they they kiss or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Matt's like, Hey, I have something. I have something to show you. It's a little surprise. And they get up from the table. <laughs> I know what that they going. hadn't eaten, and they mm-hmm. walk over. And it is just a no-name country singer that has, like, no albums and, like, 10 EPs (laughs) to their name, have been active for, like, 20 years, Mm -hmm. just performing for these two. 
I think that would really seal the deal now, with Matt and Summer. I'm assuming this is a Bachelor reference? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. I've never seen The Bachelor, but I know about The Roses. Yeah, it's the country singer part especially. They do this all the time. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> so I think that's a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. My answer for this is I think what he needs to do next is uh, buy a gun maybe? Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Buy a gun and say, Summer, I wanted to show you that I'm ready for commitment, which is why I'm going skeet shooting. (laughs) And then he goes, What shows commitment like skeet shooting? And uh and then they uh then they fuck or something. I don't know. What do people (laughs) then 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 they fuck? (laughs) I don't know what people do in relationships. Yeah. Um, so yeah this whole b plot is continuing the string of just this relationship between summer matt is the dumbest shit ever written so bad bad. most of the time because summer is horribly written nicole eggert acts it in like a fucking well um there's Mm -hmm. she can't even make it to the top where it's just baseline good acting it's not Uh, about sharks matt these nightmares are about us. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty representative of how she acted that scene. Yeah. She also uh-huh. has the Nicole Eggert stare where she just stares at people and like you can see inside her soul and it's empty. <laughs> um, yeah. All of this is bad. Yeah. No, it's not great. Um, but eventually after this, uh, we get to go back to Gwen and Maddie. Uh, And this is where we learn they're just split personalities of the same woman. But we don't yet know which one of them is the real one or the original, I guess. Sure. Um, But uh, Maddie is like, Gwen, you always ruin everything and you're going to ruin this. And then Gwen is like, I won't let you, Maddie. And she starts stabbing herself in the leg with a whole perfume bottle, um, which somehow leaves giant slash wounds. I assume we're supposed to er, assume that she later breaks the perfume bottle and starts stabbing herself. But what we see in the episode is her just hitting a full perfume bottle on her leg. That's, I, that's what I was going to ask. There's no way that glass, like just as is, was that sharp to leave. Oh, no, those not, kind not of a chance. I <laughs> marks. I just assumed yeah. that it was like bludgeoning, not like cutting. But she has but giant there, slashes. There in were her cuts. Life. I, I may have looked down at my phone at some point, okay? <laughs> um, I, look, I write a lot of notes, but I can't be expected to put every single frame to memory. That is extremely fair. Yeah. You should say um, it's unfortunate <laughs> and then kick me out. <laughs> um, but then she heads to Mitch's tower to get him to bandage her wound. Um, and she's like, you're still coming to dinner, though, right? Maddie's going to be late or maybe she won't be there at all. And Mitch is like, what? He's <laughs> like, no, no, no. She'll definitely be there. Just late. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, also, Mitch, she says, mm-hmm. is in an hour. OK. And it's like noon. Yeah. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who eats dinner at 1 p.m.? Also, yeah, it's very bright, very sunny, very mm-hmm. L.A. weather. Note, there, mm-hmm. note that there is not a single cloud in the damn sky. Not a one. Also, I'm a I'm a big fan of how 
Mitch is like, this is going to sting a bit as he like puts the ointment on. And Gwen absolutely no sells the shit out of it. She doesn't yeah. act. <laughs> she doesn't even pretend to be hurt. No reaction uh-huh. whatsoever out of her. Well, no, no. She- she has a, a reaction. It's like she bites her lip and kind of moans a little bit. Okay, so she's horny. Great. <laughs> it turned her on. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great show. Great show. Love this show. Oh, yeah. Love it. So glad we're watching every single season of <laughs> the spinoffs. Yeah, the spinoffs. And also Hulk Hogan with a talking boat. Yes. Absolutely. And the slap and Herbie. <laughs> what does the slap have to do with any of this? So you just... Deciding to do that as a special thing? Oh, I've just been obsessed with that show ever since the trailer came out. Oh my god. We've never I've only <laughs> ever seen the trailer. I've Same. I've never been Same. intrigued enough to actually sit but down. But you know and watch you know it. what it's about, right? Yeah, it's like a guy slaps a kid and then they go to court or whatever, right? Yes. Yeah. It's Rashomon, but a slap. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best description. <laughs> it's also kind of a fuck description, but yeah. It's okay. so dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then it's time for us to go to dinner, and Maddie has gotten all fancy, and she is putting some sleeping pills in a glass of whoa, red wine. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, Eric, how would you describe the weather now? Absolutely torrential downpour. Uh-huh. A hurricane has enveloped mm-hmm. this South Car- California beach. Yes. It yeah. is... I, 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 I had mentioned earlier that obviously Mitch had never understood the concept of stranger danger and like not going to just a random place in the middle of mm-hmm. the night. Mm-hmm. But if it is raining this hard, I'm sorry. I'm giving you a call and saying, hey, I'm not going to make it. Let's at least yeah. reschedule. The but even, no, he just shows up. E- even worse, Eric, is it's dark out. There's a torrential rainstorm. No lights in sight. And no. it's only 1 p.m. <laughs> that's, that's real like wee wee. Um also, I'd like to note that Maddie has apparently set the table. And that table is just like an ironing board with a bread roll on it. Yes. Great I mean, it's a trailer. There's not a ton of room in there. I get it. Well, we, yeah. yeah, but like it's just is I ex- I expected the table to be set uh with some you know, more food out than just some bread with no cheese, no butter. I'm just going to chew through this bread, this French bread with nothing on it. <laughs> what kind of animal am I? <laughs> we have expectations. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> so she she apparently, though, has made lamb chops. Uh, mm-hmm. Mitch says... That he doesn't eat much red meat, but he loves lamb chops, which mm-hmm. I can sort of guess, given that we have seen uh, Mitch eat taro burgers, uh, which yeah. uh, taro, sorry, taro burgers, uh, which is wild uh, for a show in the early 90s. Um, yes. But so instead, she gives Mitch the wine and toast to dreams coming true. You get it? You get it? Dreams because of the B mm-hmm. plot. There's dreams, right? Right? Yeah. Deception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Good also writing. want to mention 
when she's pouring sleeping pills into one of the glasses of wine, there's one full glass of red wine that she's putting sleeping pills in, and then one glass that is like a tenth full of white wine that she then later pours red wine. <laughs> uh, and if that's not, not a clear that. indication that someone's a murderer, I don't know what is. That's, um, sounds disgusting. Yes. And she sounds just drinks terrible. it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is she, like, she, no problem. Look, she knows cells. Uh, a being stabbed, she knows sells ointment, she knows sells bad wine. Mm-hmm. She's got no pain receptors. Yeah. Ooh, man, that would make for so much more of an interesting episode. What if, if we learned that she had no pain receptors? <laughs> she had no pain receptors, so therefore what? I I can't even begin to imagine yeah. where Baywatch would go with that, but <laughs> as, boy do I want to see it. As a creative activity. Do it anyways. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to say that what happens is the A and B plot crosses over mm. and uh, Matt ends up going uh, diving for sharks in a cage. But this time, instead of Summer getting eaten, it's Carrie Ann Moss slowly getting eaten. But she has no pain receptors. So she's just calmly having a conversation with Matt while she slowly gets eaten <laughs> by a shark. And that would be some fucking nightmare shit. And I am here for it. Uh, wow. Uh, that sounds kind of awesome. Um, right. Can we add that while she's talking to Matt, she sees something. So she just starts pushing the shark and she's like, hey, stop it, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Sharky. <laughs> Before we move on, I also want to bring up uh, at, at when when Mitch enters the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Maddie is like, oh yeah, Gwen couldn't make it tonight. Yeah, where the fuck else is she gonna go? Wait, like, yeah, it is Hobby again. Ter- <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they do have a lot of good religious, uh, horrific, offensive stuff there, but they do sell good paint. I, I have, yeah, um, oh yeah, paint. I mean, it's great. Or paint. she could be going to. Uh, yeah, as we discussed episodes ago, the local uh, local wine store is Street Fighter Two Championship Edition. Maybe she's That's into true. that. What? Yeah, there's an episode. Yeah, that there was a whole episode where the liquor store installs uh, Street Fighter Two Championship Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And then the whole plot is Hobie going to the liquor store to play Street Fighter until he witnesses a fight between some boys and doesn't want to snitch on them to the police. It's a very weird episode. It's a dumb episode. Show. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah, again, where else would she go? She, obviously, like, he yeah. knows that they are two people that are just touring the area, you know, visiting on their own. It's not like mm-hmm. she's going to go visit other people. Like, yeah, that, that didn't make sense. Again, no, I agree. For, for Mitch, logic is below horny. If there's one yes. thing I t- I've taken from this, from watching this episode, it is exactly that. Mitch does mm-hmm. not give a shit about logic if it involves no. fucking someone at Look, the end of it. So logic on this show is already kind of skewed, but logic surrounding Mitch Buchanan, like I think I've mentioned this to you before, Eric. There is mm-hmm. a two-parter where the plot is Mitch Mitch shatters his spine. Like he gets yes. paralyzed uh-huh. and it's him learning to walk again. And then the episode after the two-parter is Mitch enters a kickboxing competition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. So to like, be fair, to be fair, like you said, they are syndicated, so they're not necessarily airing in order. Like people might sure. do reruns or whatever. But that is very stupid. <laughs> it's exceptionally dumb, and so everything around Mitch Buchanan is just fucked. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But after this, uh, Mitch is drinking the sleeping pill wine, and he's starting to feel it real bad. Uh, which means that he it is time for him to pass out. Um, and then uh, Gwen and Maddie start arguing in their head. And then Maddie drives off with Mitch still in the trailer. You can dun, see dun, dun. the moment that David Hasselhoff decides, OK, it's time for me to faint. Like, <laughs> the, the acting here is awful. When oh, he falls so onto the ground. And they do like a close up of his face. He's smiling. There's a little smirk on the edge of his on the edge of his lips. At least that's how I took it. Yeah, because and, he's uh-huh. like, that was some good wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real dumb. Um, but now we cut back to Maddie and she is driving the trailer away in this fucking torrential downpour. Yeah. Um and eventually she gets there and handcuffs Mitch to a bed. Um, and then he wakes up. And the room is full of water. This scene. And it is flooding. This what? scene is great because they had to ADR in Mitch breathing all over this scene. Like they could not record the audio correctly of him going, arr, arr, arr. So they had yeah. to in post get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real dumb. I do have um, to appreciate when hmm? Maddie cuffs him up and like puts him on the bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. She just she just leans over and like breathes heavily and pets his face and he's like, I'm never gonna let you go. I'm gonna take good care of you. Again, horny on main alert. What are we doing here? Both of these yep. people are down so unbelievably bad. And it's led to this, apparently. Yeah. Every relationship in this show is written like 20 year olds. Like, guys, Maddie, Mitch, if you just communicated, maybe you could both get what you want. Yeah. Or not. I genuinely don't feel like Mitch would have a problem with this. Uh, I feel like Mitch is is up for some bondage. Yeah. Yeah. I meant the split personality thing, but also that. Oh, I mean, that's like two people. That's like a basically a threesome. It's polyamory yeah. at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. Mitch has dated worse. Remember yeah. that time he m- dated that murderer who then also tried to murder him? Isn't that this episode? Is this <laughs> a separate episode? See, the, way, the reason I said it like that is because it's more than once. Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> yep. But after uh, the room floods a little bit, Maddie brings him breakfast and is just generally kind of being creepy. No, no. It's a, it's a real it's a real misery ripoff. No. What was on this breakfast plate? Do you know? I think it was orange juice, coffee, bacon, eggs, and toast. Ah, but it's more than just that, Morgan. There's oh, wow. also a fork. <laughs> there's a knife, and there's a spoon. Not sure what the spoon is for, Maddie. That is over the line. The spoon is excessive, and now I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly worried for the state of everything going on. Like the wa- wa- just a little bit of water, but the spoon. What are you gonna do <laughs> with the spoon? I mean, you could yeah. like 
you could scoop up the orange juice if you're into that sort of scoop thing. Scoop it than- into <laughs> what, Eric? Put it into what? Your mouth. You're parched. It's breakfast. I can't reach it. <laughs> <laughs> so again, scoop it into what? <laughs> I... I was not paying attention to what was on the tray. I was more paying attention to the meme template potential of cutting between Maddie bringing down breakfast in bed and Mitch fucking drowning. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hey, don't forget he shouts, hey, hey, a lot. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> so meme potential, like like making it a loss version of this. I'm more thinking like a split screen <laughs> meme one side, like. You know, mm. like happy go lucky, like bringing down, like I said, the the breakfast, and then Mitch. It's kind of like the, like the woman screaming at the cat at the dinner table mm. meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something like that is what I'm envisioning. Yeah, this, I can see that. This is what we bring to the Baywatch table. Means <laughs> no one else Absolutely. has this beat. This is just us. I mean, honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No one, no one else is dumb enough to do what we do. <laughs> so, speaking of the next scene here, Summer mm-hmm. and Matt seem like they're now for real going to do this thing, which is weird because didn't we just determine that Matt is not afraid of sharks? He's yeah. afraid of relationships. So, like, <laughs> maybe just expose yourself to a relationship instead of a shark, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, what? Okay, so was anybody else confused here? <laughs> I mean, doesn't Summer explicitly or Matt explicitly like make a joke about that? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I- I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's real dumb because um, Matt and Summer are setting out buoys, and then they're gonna swim back to shore. But uh oh, why? There's a shark. Why? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, why? I also why? wanted to know that. Jimmy B. Jim Barnett uh-huh. has got a boat. He's right there. And you're like, nah. You go, and he's like, okay. I mean, you're gonna get attacked by a shark. What? You're the boss. They're also <laughs> quite far away from shore. This is yes, not yes. just like a hundred feet. This uh-huh. is. A good distance. This they are like not going to swim back 20 in. 20 minutes of swimming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. Maybe they want to have a serious relationship chat while they are swimming back from the middle <laughs> of the ocean. Also, the best what are they laying down these buoys for? There's just two of them, and they're I, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Okay, if it were so, more of them, I would be like, oh, it's designating like a surfing area yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it is just two of them. Yeah. It's, it's two of them, like, 15, 20 feet apart, and they're just, like, lined up. Perfect. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. just get back lined on the boat. Up with what? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if they it's had more dumb. to lay out, they would probably, I don't know, get back in the boat and grab more. Yeah. Versus just the two, and then, oh, yeah, we'll swim back in. No problem. We just want to put these two right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't those going to float away as well? Yeah. Probably. What are they anchored to? Anything? All excellent questions. Probably just the sand at the bottom. <laughs> There's nothing there. We should be lifeguards. We should run this. 
Uh, that just sounds like a lot of a lot of exercise, though. And yeah, I, don't know, I, don't yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I can swim, but I'm not that good at treading water. I, I, and yeah. I don't have the stamina to like especially swim back again from like what seems like a mile out to shore. Yeah. But but yeah. Eric, do you have the stamina to call for help? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> please, please continue. But yeah. be, because just as soon as they line up these buoys. We hear menacing music, and then we see a shark, and it's swimming towards some leggy legs, you know? Mm-hmm. Summer sees the shark, and then they immediately call for Barnett, who's just like, oh, God, I guess I have to come back now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. Oh, no, go ahead. My, my hope here was that the scene was going to end with Barnett coming back and then just driving into the shark. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> and it would have said, oops. <laughs> I would have loved that. How did Barnett? Is that the is that the Mm -hmm. name? Mm -hmm. How did he hear them? Yeah, I also wanted to know that. Not only on a motorboat with a motor actively Mm -hmm. going, Mm. but he's boating away from them. How are their pathetic little screams going above the noise level of that motor into his ear that he can instantly hear them? Eric, <laughs> I, I'm going to forgive you because oh, no. this is your first time watching Baywatch. Oh, so you no. don't know about the secret powers that are bestowed to you <laughs> on becoming a lifeguard for the state. OK, when okay. when you get a a stipend, a salary from the state, they yeah. give you robot ears. And uh, you can just hear you can hear the waves. You can hear people drowning from a mile away. Uh, mm-hmm. You can hear uh, other people being horny from like across <laughs> the country. It's just how it works. That, that oh. does that does track with how Mitch was able to hear the two swimmers earlier in this episode. Yeah, like, they're just again way out of shore, and he's just he can just immediately picks it up. No, that that's yeah. He's the best. He's the best at it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, now, so this whole scene gets more confusing. So. Summer stays in place so as not to disturb the shark. Matt swims towards her, but then continues to swim past her. So Barnett drives up to Summer and Matt continues to to swim away, but swim back. Why didn't he just stay there? And then Barnett could have gotten both of them. Yeah, it didn't really make sense. (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all. I had to watch this like three times to understand what was happening. Three times? That's three yeah. times too many. Exactly. That was what I was saying. <laughs> so here this, we are. The scene is capstoned by Summer and Jimmy Bean. Sorry, Jim Barnett on the boat. Just going, <laughs> swim faster. Swim. <laughs> just drive towards him, you dumbos. Come on, yeah. Yes. yes. And then Matt finally gets on the boat. And the shark is just like, ah, I missed, like Wario. Uh, and mm-hmm. then uh, Matt's like, pinch me. And then we know it's not a nightmare. It's not a dream. Inception is over. Um, thank God. Yep. And and nearly the episode as well, thankfully. We just have two more quick scenes. Oh, I have so many notes for these two scenes. Yeah. Before, well, all right. Before we move on, I just, I just want to quickly mention... Uh, Summer's li- Summer tells Summer tells Matt, "You saved me from a shark. You Matt did not do shit. 
All he no. did was swim forward. And sure, maybe that's like distracting the shark. Maybe that's, that's what the they battle. were going for. But like, obviously, a motorboat is going to be faster than either a shark or swimming. Barnett could have just come in and picked them both up and they would have been fine. Yep. Mm, you say that, but I think you're denying the secret strength that you get when you become a state lifeguard. Mm. So it's so it's hearing, it's strength. What what else? What else do you get? Um, you <laughs> legally have to change your name to Shazam. Ah, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Do you have to yeah. also shout Shazam to become <laughs> the life? Is that does that just put on your very tight swimsuit that shows no, everything? You have to shout. It's Okay, Morgan, please insert the audio I always ask you to randomly <laughs> insert into the episode. Yes, insert absolutely. it right here because it's very funny. What, and what is the audio? Just so, just my own. Whoa, one sec, one sec. Hold on. I'm still not done with my joke, and oh, then I'll okay. explain the joke. Um, please leave in this whole segment of me explaining the joke because everyone knows that it's funnier when you explain a joke and then absolutely. the joke happens. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the audio is of Mitch shouting, It's unbelievable! Um, <laughs> That's it. Yes. Wait, so he's just pulling a Vince McMahon. <laughs> yes. Doing. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll put it in here. I, whatever. Yeah. Please go to, go to the next. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next scene is that Gwen has finally started to wrest control of the body from Maddie, and she's going to go try and rescue Mitch, but Maddie just won't let her. And then... Maddie keeps saying that it's Gwen's fault, that she can never save anyone. But then Mitch sees the wounds on her legs from early and realizes that they're the same person, which is a pretty wild revelation to have. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then we learn that Maddie was Gwen's twin. Well, 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 but before that, if very mm-hmm. importantly, Matt, uh, Mitch continuously and furiously asks who did Gwen try to save? Mitch. Yes. Why the fuck do you care? You're about to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's just trying to, like, keep her talking so that she doesn't kill him or something. I don't know. It didn't really make sense. Eh. I mean, to be fair, she could do absolutely nothing and he would still die. Like, yeah. that's the point of him having to, or, or her having to actively kill him. Well, she keeps that is a good point. Gwen says, or, or that like she would, she wouldn't let him die, and then she continues to let him die. Mm-hmm. Gwen the, would let you drown, not me. You are currently letting him drown yes. right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But then we get a flashback where we learn that Maddie was Gwen's twin, and they were in a rowboat when. Uh, Maddie fell over and Gwen tried to rescue her, but just couldn't get there in time to stop Maddie from getting eaten by ducks. I assume based on the many establishing (laughs) shots of ducks we get before this. (laughs) I have, Um, I have a couple questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Answers. What irresponsible parent just allows two young girls, like five-year-olds, to go mm-hmm. out in a boat by themselves with no supervision and then just trust that one of them won't fall out of the boat and die. I have an answer mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Mitch Buchanan. Yeah, no, that checks <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, hey, girls, you go do your thing. Daddy's going to get laid. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Also, I understand that these are child actors, and mm-hmm. I, I, I respect them for that. And I, however, plight. The way that they call each other's names is so pathetic. It is like <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, Gwen, <laughs> Maddie, Gwen. Do something! Yell! I don't know. <laughs> So basically what you're saying is that the theme of them doing literally nothing to help anyone continues is it, it's honestly yes. a recurring theme throughout this episode. It's their yeah. it's their yeah, it's it's the trope of Gwen and Maddie. This is the, like their dominant personality trait. Every uh-huh. single person in this episode except for Mitch has a moment where they do nothing to help someone. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Did that just take this episode up like six points? <laughs> Holy shit. This consistent, is a work of art. Consistent yeah. writing? What? Whoa. We can finally see the timelines coalescing. <laughs> <laughs> My, the galaxy brain thoughts. Whoa, is Baywatch good? <laughs> I can see the code in the Matrix, the 1993 show about a hitman. <laughs> um, but then... As this flashback is happening, Mitch keeps calling out for Gwen, and this is enough for her to get charged he, with the body. He he calls her Guinevere, my lady. Yes. He, he yeah, should have said Gwen Gwendevere, because her name is yeah. Gwenda. Uh, <laughs> and then he pushes back to Gwen. Now, um, so Gwen asks if he's okay, and mm-hmm. Gwen has this like trauma moment where she won't listen to any of Mitch's advice to try and get him yeah. out of handcuffs. She's having like a full disassociative episode. Right. Which Mitch just is like, I'm just going to keep talking at you and that will mm-hmm. work. Right. Mm-hmm. And it does. <laughs> yeah. Eventually he has yelled, the key's probably in your pocket enough times that she takes the key out of her pocket and gives it to him, where he releases his handcuffs. Um, and then we just cut to a hospital. Can I, can I talk um, about this scene? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in this scene, the first thing we see is an ambulance for Sealand mm-hmm. Sanitarium. Yes. And I mm-hmm. thought, that can't be real. So I looked it up. Uh, and this sanitarium does not exist. Now, oh. First off, do you do either of you know what a sanitarium or a sanatorium actually do? I did not know those were different things. They're not. Yeah. The same thing. I, okay. I'm more thinking just like a mental hospital kind of situation. Like, I, I don't specifically know the treatment that they provide, but I was equating it to that. Yeah, my understanding was basically that they were, I mean, at least attempting to be some form of mental hospital, that it was mostly... Mostly just kind of like a place for mentally ill people to uh, be treated badly and then die. Incorrect. Yeah. Like, incorrect. Uh, oh. So actually, the whole point of sanitariums was they were invented for tuberculosis. Uh, oh, before, okay. Sure, sure, that sure. checks out. Yeah. yeah, before there were antibiotics, they needed a place to just house people who needed long-term care. And then around the 60s, they started stop being used for tuberculosis. And like mm-hmm. the 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 Hollywood trope of a sanitarium is, or I guess not just Hollywood, but like sanitarium is for a place that like someone with like who is mentally ill goes to and is just put there and like you take them away. Copper is pretty false, you know. Like mm. some of them do that or did that. 
Uh, sanitariums don't really even exist anymore. You know, there's just right. like mm-hmm. extended care wings of hospitals now, right? Yeah. So most sanitariums, in quotes, just exist as like, oh, they're called that because it's like, well, that's already what it was. So we retain the name, but are just like a building <laughs> attached to said hospital. So mm. I try to look up what, what could Sealand Sanitarium be. So I found a list of sanitariums in California uh, that would be near this. There's Rock Haven in Glendale, Sierra Madre Villa in Pasadena, the Barlow Respiratory Tuberculosis Hospital, La Cincina Sanitarium in Pasadena, La Vina in, Al- in Altadena, and Olive View. Uh, none of them sound at all remotely like Sealand Sanitarium. Uh, but <laughs> what I did find really interesting in my search is that there's tours of the L.A. Sanitarium District, which is just a district oh, of town. Ow where the sanitariums were uh, because you don't want people spreading tuberculosis. I mean, that wow. does kind of check out. Right. That, that, yeah. yeah. So you just have these like spooky sanitarium tours, which uh, not my thing, but I guess if no. it is your thing, that sounds cool, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do have to quickly call attention to th- this opening shot, right? Mm. They cut to the police station. They show the ambulance. And then they pan over. Mm. And uh-huh. right here is one of the absolute worst parking jobs I have ever seen. <laughs> ever. The, the, yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. At, at this building, there is a handicap spot right next to the door. Mm. And this uh-huh. police officer... In their police car, not only parks in said handicap spot, but also parks diagonally. So they're like half in the spot, half in like the crossed out like walking area that's next to it to give more space for, you know, handicapped people to be able to get out of their vehicle. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. No, this police officer just says fuck it and takes up this whole space all by themselves. Um, a complete disregard for human life. I was disgusted by this moment. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, so Eric, they have a dedicated police officer actor in this episode, in this show, who's uh-huh. a main character. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't use Garner here. It would have been perfect. And Morgan, you know what would have made this better is if they what? had the horse Telly Savalas that he got a few episodes ago. Uh, and he's like, I brought my horse here to the hospital. And then he still parks the horse in the same way as that car. So it's just a yeah. diagonal horse. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, my ideas are free. Just keep asking me. I'll give you new ideas for your shitty. Eventually. Baywatch. Absolutely. Eventually they'll make a new Baywatch. I mean, they already made the movie. With well, there, Johnson, th- but there's heavy rumors of a new Baywatch show. They might be God, listening I to this so. podcast and taking your ideas right now. <laughs> I honestly hope so. Our ideas are better than the shit that they wrote last time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And it would also give us a chance to finally cash in on us making good on writing that Baywatch episode we want to write or the Baywatch musical. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, Baywatch musical? I'm, I'm on board. It'd be great. Absolutely. Now, uh, so... Basically, Gwen is being gutted by Mitch. He says that they'll give her the help she needs and take her to ambulance. And uh, Gwen asks if she can see Mitch when she gets well. And he says, you better. Now, (laughs) that doesn't seem like a smart idea, does it? No. No. (laughs) No. 
Absolutely not. This is, again, Mitch, the most unprofessional thing you could do. Like, Mitch has multiple times before said, like, don't start a relationship with someone who is just almost drowned and then slept with people who are just almost drowned. Um, this is along those lines. Like, Mitch, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this no, is, it's, this is it's where real I, dumb. This is where I fully accepted the theory that Mitch is just horny all the time. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Like when I can when I get well, can I come see you? No, you can fucking not. I never <laughs> want to see you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh No. That's the episode. No, there's one last scene. Oh right, yes. There is one last little stinger. Do you want me to um, say it? <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought no, you were going you do to it. talk you, about it. You do it. <laughs> um, Gwen is in the back of the uh, ambulance, about to be taken to the sanitarium, when she asks if the driver could turn the radio on, please. And with this, she lets down her hair and leans into the front of the ambulance and says, "Either of you two like to dance?" And then she gives a weird smirk into the rearview mirror, which I think is supposed to imply that she's going to come back later and and murder some more people or something. It was real dumb. Yeah. So that's the episode. Um, So oddly enough, this episode has more than the normal amount of IMDb reviews. Uh, There are five. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's probably because... You know, the whole B plot that like that's obviously a very. Oh, definitely. uh, 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 Fun thing. Um, Obviously, of course, people are also interested in original Matrix star Carrie Mm -hmm. Moss. You know, that's. (laughs) Yeah, her her role as Liz Teal just really gripped the nation in the 1993 show Matrix. (laughs) For sure. For sure. So (laughs) let's read some of these. Uh, First off, we have. Uh, a guy who I've never seen review Baywatch before, Brendan Wagg, who gives it a 9 out of 10 and wow. says, is this not the highest rated episode in the show's history? So ridiculous in the best way. Trinity with her craziness. Sharks that can't bite humans after the legs of going after the legs of the lifeguards. And the classics of Hasselhoff going after a drowning or two. I guess little to no Pam, if that is your thing. Also reuse of, of Sharks Wow, this is a tongue twister. Shark stock shots. Highly worth a random <laughs> Sunday watch. Um, then there's a guy who gives it a two out of ten stars and writes a five paragraph review. Um, this is an essay. I just yeah, pulled it I'm, up. This I'm is not something. reading that. Then uh, Bombers Fly Up, again, titles their review. Baywatch uh, gives it a, <laughs> every time it makes me laugh. One out of ten yeah. says, I guess it's supposed to be a twist, but obvious from the outset that it's one person with multiple personality disorder. And that's just annoying. Not a fan of Carrie Ann Moss either. Fuck you. Wow. Uh, along wow. with the annoying plot that is Man and Summer's annoying relationship. Fuck off. Um, then, no, I mean, that last part tracks, but like the Moss thing, that that's what gets me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then the Fear Makers, what a name, gives it a 5 out of 10 and titles their review, Sybil and Jaws. 
and says two stories, one involving the short-haired woman from The Matrix as a girl with two personalities, one shy, one sexy. Strangely enough, <gasps> the shy one is sexier. <laughs> okay. So Mitch agrees to date while the sexy one, i.e. Her, uh, her sexy other personality, tries killing him. The other story is a B-side, involves David Charvet having nightmares about sharks, ripping off jaws like many episodes do. Basically slow-moving and filler, but not horrible. Now, uh, <laughs> Eric... I don't know yeah. if you know this. I love repeating this fact all the time. Uh, there are two reviewers of Baywatch named Sand Crab. Uh, so I have heard. There's a 722 and a 277. We get the unhinged one, 722, <laughs> who uh, gives it a 7 out of 10, titles their review, How About You Fellas? <laughs> and then says, Excellent performance by Carrie Ann Moss. Script starts out strong, gets iffier, drama. Action. Bikini foxes. Got it all. Mm. Dream sharks punish Matt for being a bad boyfriend. He can't <laughs> scream underwater. He's bummed. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, wild. <laughs> now, um, of course, that was our IMDb reviews. Uh, now time for our ratings, which, of course, is on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is going through puberty a second time because you got recast, and 10 is your parents are divorced, but it's okay because your dad's David Hasselhoff and he's the coolest. Eric, what would you rate this episode? Yeah, so obviously there's a lot to love here. Um, mm -hmm. I think Carrie Ann Moss's depiction of Gwen and Maddie, I mean, obviously I have, we have some problems with the writing, but I think the depiction itself, like the acting, was actually pretty good from her. Um, the storyline is honestly much more engaging than I anticipated for a 90s sex drama. I don't know what I anticipated going into this, but I was at least like enthralled the entire time, which is a positive for me. Yeah. Um, the Matt summer B story was at worst frustrating. I mean, there were definitely some points where I just want to wring both of their necks, but Hey, it's there. It's, I don't know. Um, but even with all those positives, uh, the, the entire episode for me is brought down to a absolute screeching halt time and time again by the unbridled horniness of Mitch. <laughs> he, he could he could have done many things. He could have simply ignored Gwen and Maddie because they're just a person on uh -huh. a beach with many people. Uh, he could have just not gone to the trailer in the middle of a monsoon. He could have done a lot of simple things. That would have saved himself. But but no, he didn't do all any of those things, of course. Absolutely. He played right into Maddie's trap. He threw away every Stranger Danger role in the book to possibly have a threesome with two sisters. <laughs> and it, it was just a mess from his perspective. It was only one sister in the end. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, he didn't know that at the time. He screwed up the pooch. He's, he really <laughs> did mess it up. Um so with that balancing what I would consider to be at least an engaging story, like I said, um, I'm going to rate this episode a six out of ten, which is the equivalent of enjoying a really great Culver's Butter Burger. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced Culver's. Um, no. Great Midwestern fast food restaurant. They have cheese curds. It's beautiful. I knew it would um, be Culver's. Like, I just knew it. But you enjoy <laughs> a really great Culver's Butter Burger. And then you go home and you have to wallow in the sadness of the amount of calories you just consumed. And you realize you forgot to order custard on the way out. That's a oh, six out of ten. Wait, where do you put the custard? Um, I mean, most people put it, you know, in their mouths and then swallow it. Mm. Um, no, you not you. put it I, elsewhere. Not you, though. Uh, where, where would you 
put the custard? I would assume like, you dip fries in the custard. I was thinking on the burger. I mean, that, that that's a choice. Um, <laughs> Does the custard go on the burger? On the booger? The booger? Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it, it typically does not. I have seen people dipping the uh, the fries into the custard, though. Um, the, the only problem is it is a bit thicker than like soft serve or regular ice cream. Um, mm. Eric, have you seen this burger, the Oreo burger? Oh, that's oh, no. disgusting! <laughs> what the hell is that? No, it is for the listeners. It is a cheese. It is like a oh, triple we, cheeseburger. We will put it in the notes. Don't worry. But yes, please continue oh, yeah. describing. It's a triple this will be our show art for the episode. Sesame oh. seed bun with like two layers of Oreos in the middle of this that are just like half melted. It almost looks like I don't know if that's like a butter or a gargaioli or like just the cream of the Oreo. That is disgusting. Oh, I wish okay, you yeah. hadn't shown well, me that counter. What about the banana pizza? Benitza. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> Benitza. <laughs> I, I can I can at least respect pineapple pizza i don't eat it i hate it i don't want it i don't consume it myself but this is just a monstrosity what is the pink things in the middle is my question i think it's pickled red onions no it looks like brain it looks like or maybe ham yeah no it looks like strings of ground beef that are just like put on there without being cooked what's that that is it the midwest is it like the minnesota dish where they just eat oh the carnivore sandwich oh yeah it's disgusting yeah. Yeah, I think that's a Minnesota thing. Yeah. We yeah. definitely don't need it here. Yeah, good. I'm from I'm from Wisconsin for the for the people at home. So so yeah, Wisconsin, they're like Minnesota but smart. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I would I would agree. Also just better in every every capacity. Every single way. Wow, take yeah. that Minnesota. I don't know if anybody from Minnesota listens to this, but if you do, go fuck yourself. And yeah. then come back and continue listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, six out of ten. That's my rating. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, uh, Morgan, what about you? Yeah, I. You know, we have this season seen a lot of really fucking boring Baywatch episodes, and this was not a great episode, but it was weird. <laughs> and it's been a while since we had a weird Baywatch episode, so you know maybe it's just my own, you know, nostalgia for the weird early days of Baywatch, but I kind of liked this well, episode, Morgan, we had even though it was this awful. That's true. We did have the octopus this season, <laughs> we, which was we, also pretty we've weird. We've had some weird shit this season. Not, I don't yeah. know about as weird as this, but weird. Yeah. This is, this is definitely pretty weird. This feels up there with the episode where we learned that canonically in, Bay, in Baywatch, aliens are real yeah. and abduct people. Um, but so you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a seven. Wow, a seven is the experience of uh, falling out of a boat as a child, but then just <laughs> as you think you're gonna be in some serious trouble, a whole bunch of ducks swim under you and and carry you to shore. Oh, and it's still pretty traumatic because mm. like you know you thought you were gonna drown and you were a small child, right? But you did get saved, and it was by ducks, so you do have a cool story. Um, so maybe it's not all bad. Uh, Michael, how about you? Uh, well, first up, I want to point out that you mentioned, like, aliens thing. Remember, the last episode, ghosts are real, and they can go down on you. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, this, this show's fucking weird. This show is <laughs> fucking wild. Uh um, yeah. 
I'm going to give it also a 7 out of 10 because, like, I had a lot of fun watching it, like, because it was so weird and wacky. It's not, like, Mm -hmm. necessarily good, but, like, for Baywatch, you don't, you're not looking for good all the time. Like, we've had Mm -hmm. three or four episodes I'd be like, that's really good television. And the rest that I rated high were like, that's fucking weird as shit. I love it. Uh, This is weird as shit. I love it. So. Uh, I'm going to give a 7 out of 10, and I'm going to say a 7 out of 10 is... Um, so there was this tweet yesterday where um, there's this radio station in Canada where they laid off the entire staff. And oh. so in like protest, what they did... And this is a soft rock station, by the way. What they did is for about 36 hours straight, they only played Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> and they would have people call in they'd be like hey can i get this and they say yeah sure and then just play killing in the name anyway <laughs> and so then uh by like late it was people going can i get that one that goes dunna, 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 dunna. and it's like mm, that sounds like killing in the name but i'm gonna have to shazam it and then they just play killing in the name <laughs> and it just went on and on and on and it was amazing i was it, so i was like listening to it and it just they would play it like in loop like six or seven times and you didn't know when it would end and when it would start. And then you get like the people calling in who were all in on it at that point. Um, that's a seven out of ten. And the reason is because that's awesome. Like that's yeah, I respect that. Also, Killing in the Name is an objectively banger song. It's a, yeah, great, it's a song. great song. Um, the reasons why that situation is not a ten out of ten is one. Um that time that the uh, Republicans tried to co-op Rage Against the Machine, um, oh, yeah. which uh, I hate. Two, I knew a guy who was a uh, self-described uh, <laughs> Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro libertarian fan. Uh, self-described? Yes, from That's Minnesota. Oh, my God. From Minnesota. And he was like, I'm willing to throw down $400 to go see Rage Against the Machine uh, with my wife. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. They're not for you. They're literally against yeah. everything you believe. Um, mm-hmm. And three, yeah. I can only imagine that at, at hour, like maybe 32, I would get a little bit tired. Not like fully no. tired. But probably. Like, no. Just a, just, a, just a smidge. Just a smidge. And that's only because I have a backlog I wanted to get to, you know? Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm like, I, I love this song. It's great. But at hour 32, I'm like, I could have gone through some of my backlog. And, you know, like, I, I really want to. I really want to do that. So that's that, that's why. Um, now, let's talk about our next episode. Uh, our next episode is called The Falcon Manifesto. Whoa. And, oh, boy. And the Baywatch wiki describes it as a beautiful investigative reporter captures Mitch's heart. What happens next makes Mitch the prime suspect in a murder investigation. Wow. Sure. I guess this is the crime season. Yes. Now, the the INDB description is. Mitch has a shot at cheaply buying a small yacht and insists summer should ship what should chip and move in? It's supposed to be chip in. You wrote chip, chip and move in. Mitch falls instantly in love with strangely aloof and secretive Kate McCoy, 
Only after her sudden death is diagnosed poisoning, he learns from his cop, Kate Garner, <laughs> that Kate was an undercover alias of DC investigative reporter Catherine Larson, who found out about secret arms deals. Wild. I, uh, I'm like, not a doctor. Can they diagnose the difference between poison and sudden poisoning? So <laughs> I actually watched the episode, and they have to they have to diagnose the difference between poisoning and suicide by gun. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do Man, it, guys. I wonder. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if the cops are up to it. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> um, so with that, Eric, um, you don't have to have anything, but oh, no. is there anything you want to promote? Uh, all I really got is my Twitter, at uh, Eric Mako, E-R-I-C-M-A-C-C-O-U-X. Um, I post things on occasion wow. uh uh michael you you're always a fan of these i always post like what if we kissed underneath the blank just right random objects that i find in the wild what like mm-hmm. so if like, you're into that sort of content i mean like what if we kissed yeah, underneath the uh, shark cage that is actually part of a nightmare inception scenario <laughs> <laughs> what if what if we kissed underneath the condemned basement that floods during high time okay so something we didn't <laughs> talk about is they specifically mention no, Maddie, don't take him there. It's condemned. And I would have mm-hmm. thought that would have been a bigger plot point. Um, yeah. Where, what basement? You could have just had him, like, in your trailer, tied down. Yeah. Yep, that would have made so much more sense. And is what I thought they did at first. And I was very confused why the trailer was flooding. Yeah, it's like, well, um, wait, this trailer well, has a basement? Yeah. Well, also, it's like it's implied that this has happened before. Yeah. Like, this is not the yeah. first time they've done this. Yeah. How many Mitches are down there? <laughs> I, I do imagine, like, where the camera was in this setup just being a bunch of floating dead bodies that are just big. <laughs> <laughs> but, but beyond that, it's a bunch of dead bodies all with a plate. With breakfast in front of them. Yes. (laughs) And in each one, there's a useless spoon. What is that (laughs) spoon for? What are you doing with it? What are you... Yeah, in one one corner of the room is a pile of bones, and in the other corner is a pile of spoons. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the two two genders. Spoons, Well, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. I hope, uh, you know, this has been a good time for you as well. And is, you'll come back and join us someday. This has been an absolute pleasure. I love talking with you guys. Uh, I'll Let me know when you guys are free. I'll come back anytime. Well, Absolutely. would you want to talk about Hulk Hogan? Oh, no. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would ask because I am so interested to talk about Hulk Hogan and his talking Fantastic. boat. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Morgan, everyone, everyone wants to be a guest for Thunder in Paradise. I don't even know if there's enough episodes. (laughs) Right. So we're going to have to just like run through the season over and over again. Well, I mean, obviously, Thunder in Paradise was a smashing success and there's like 12. Oh, yeah. Honestly, (laughs) I'm very upset. Um, I missed it. Four games done quick this year. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, they did the Thunder in Paradise game. There's a game? Uh, on the CDI. 
We oh. absolutely the have Philip to do an episode CDI. Now. Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, it's the it's not up yet uh, on their YouTube, but there's a vod somewhere. Yeah, but it was part of their uh, their joke uh, run, right? But yeah, there's a CDI game that they did based off of. So Thunder in Paradise had three movies, all of which were just the two parters put into a movie. Um, mm-hmm. and it's based off of one of those as a CDI game. Beautiful, wow. right? Absolutely beautiful. Nothing more I want to do, brother, than uh, play the <laughs> CDI for Thunder in Paradise. It's also like God, w- yes. When they were filming that, obviously it was like peak WCW Hulk Hogan at the peak of his ego and powers. No, so this, oh. this was actually it's so it's not. So what happened is the whole storyline with Hogan returning to wrestling is he appears in WCW and he has this contract and he goes, this brother, this is my Thunder and Paradise contract. It means I can't do wrestling. Ah. And, ah. and then they, brother. And then they're like, oh no, Hulk Hogan is back but he can't wrestle because he's got this contract. And then the next week he comes back and he goes, well, you know what I think of this contract, brother? And he rips up the contract and he's like, I'm back, brother. And that's how it comes back, <laughs> is he rips up the contract of Thunder in Paradise, because it's shit. Sure. <laughs> was that, would that happen to have led into, like, Finger Poke of Doom, or was that a separate incident? Oh, no, that was, yeah, that was him <laughs> going into the NWO stuff. So that was in, oh. in, like, the big era, was him coming back, him being like, I'm the same Hollywood Hulk Hogan you always knew, but I just got back from Hollywood, and I was a big star in, like, Mr. Nanny, <laughs> Thunder in Paradise, the things you all supported, which is why they're still being shown. And then he's like, uh, you know what? Screw this. I'm becoming a heel. I'm becoming a bad guy. Fuck this shit. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it revitalized his career. So but, uh, here's you the guys thing. Can talk about that later. Why would you need to revitalize the career of a racist? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What a great transition. Yeah. What a, what and, a great uh, way to end the episode. <laughs> Beautifully. With, with that, I just want to say thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips are all safe to experience while you're inside of a cage. Yeah, but not if you're like in a condemned basement and there's breakfast in front of you. Like you need to eat that breakfast, <laughs> son. Like get that. You must be hungry. Eat it. Mm-hmm. Use a spoon. <laughs>